We are in John chapter 3. Um, I'm sorry, John chapter 2. Let's, um, let's take a look at the wedding story in John chapter 2. The, um, this story, it's so easy to miss what is going on because of our heads and our culture. We are not them. Next week as I talk about study, something I will push hard again and again and again is context. You have to know when it was written, by whom, what was going on in the culture, how would they have looked at the word. Let's play with the word, for example. And uh, you might, it's an odd choice, but actually it, it, it makes the point. When in, a, in a English, and that's English, English, and American English, the word fornication means sex between people who are not married. Adultery means sex between people who are not married to each other, but who are married to others. That's the legal definition. So it's very easy when we read a list of sins in scripture to assume that's what Jesus was talking about. But it wasn't. You will find that sexual sin and adultery are listed separately in lists of scripture. And the reason is fornication back then covered all sexual sin. It's pornea. And it, you know, even the weird fringe ones, it covered all of that. Adultery very often involved fornication, but not always. Adultery meant the breaking of covenant. You made a covenant and you shattered the covenant. Paul gives an illustration in Romans where he says, you know, if you're married to a non-believer, don't leave. But if they leave, you're not under bondage. They've broken contract. They left you. There are other examples of that in scripture. And so we have, I've listened to many sermons where the preacher was just banging against adultery using the wrong definition. You have to know the culture. What did the word mean to them? What you're about to see in the wine story is not what we were told. We were told, look at the miracle. He changed water to wine. I want to tell you something, and this may offend some, but you know, there we are. I love Jesus' stories. You know that. Every Sunday I teach them. To me, the miracle is the least impressive part. Here's why. I believe God can do anything. So I see water to wine. I don't go, what? I go, of course he can. But why did he? Ah, it is such a human story. Are you ready? It's fun. It, 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 it's a funny story, really. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. How odd to phrase it that way. But that is exactly the way it is. At a wedding, the women are there. They are tuned in. They are watching everything and taking mental notes to discuss on the way home. And the men were also invited. The men aren't there. They're just there. If you get my drift. Kind of, and, and, and he gets it. The phrasing here is brilliant because that's the way. Guys will get dressed up if they have to and come sit during the wedding if they have to as long as there's going to be cake. You know, cake can make me do things. I, you know, I, I like pies, but cake is, is more holy into my heart. So they're, they're there. 
When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. This is hilarious. If you're not, if you're, if you're not following this, this is hilarious. Women, I love you. I, I do. You are amazing. But you have a way of speaking that men don't get. She thinks she told him to fix it. She didn't. She just informed him of a situation. They have no more wine. Now, let me see if I can explain this. This story never happened, but I use it for illustrations, and I have all my life, uh, most of it. Let's say Cammie and I are driving home, and she, she looks at me, and she goes, Patrick, would you like some ice cream? I do a little internal inventory, and I go, no, not really. And I drive home, I'm in trouble, <laughs> right? But I'm not allowed to know why I'm in trouble. I'll just notice, perhaps, that she's cleaning the kitchen with a bit more enthusiasm than that job requires. And so, you kind of, guys know this, never expose your body, protect your body. Lean around the corner, honey, put your voice high, because she likes her children, and she might not kill you if you sound like one. Honey, is everything okay? And the answer will be fine, everything's fine, what couldn't be fine? Of course it's fine, and you realize it's not fine. Because women have a different way of talking. Now, as a rule, always exceptions. So, she thinks she said something else to him. He being God knows what she means. Ladies, we're not God. There's a big difference. So he says, woman. All right, again, remember, this was not like woman today. It was a sign of endearment back then. Dear lady. Is, is as close as I can really get to it. Uh, why do you involve me? He replied, my hour has not yet come. Now, we've got to stack this up now. She didn't ask him to do something, but she thinks she did. He, knowing what she meant, said no. She assumes he meant yes. The mother said, his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. It is, it's brilliant. It really is. It is exact. Guys, testify, testify. Don't put your hands up if she's here. Testify. Yes. We don't get it. This is such a human story. You can almost see Jesus going, this is going to cause all kinds of problems in churches of Christ, but here we go. Because it does. I taught this story once in White County, Arkansas, Dry County. Harding's there. I said, you are aware that Jesus could not have performed this miracle in your county without getting arrested. <laughs> Had one guy say, oh, this wasn't, it was, it was really what we would call grape juice. Hang on. We're going to get to that. You follower of Brother Welch. <laughs> now, nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. We do not get this because we rush to the miracle. We say, Jesus is all-powerful, and we dismiss the children. Stop it. There's so much in this story. This verse does not belong. Why? There's nothing to do with wine. This is, this is the bathroom sink. They would, they would wash. They, the Jews had this uh, tradition where they would plunge their hands in, 
and as they came up, they would say a prayer as a, as a watcher drove, uh, went off the left, and then a prayer as it went off the right. Remember the Pharisees said, hey, your disciples are eating without praying. That's what they're talking about. The ceremonial washing. of it. And so everybody has done this with these six stone jars. This is the bathroom sink area. It's really like watching a movie and there's a, there's a car chase. And you go, ooh, this is great. Or for you women, something else is happening. People are talking. And, and then all of a sudden it cuts. And it will say, the meerkat has a litter normally of three to five. You're going, what? We don't get the whiplash because we don't understand the story. The wine comes from the big other jugs. There's amphorae, uh, wine jugs. Or from skins, wine skins. And Jesus would not have had to move. He wouldn't have had to say a word. He could have just wanted it and the wine go on the skins, not the jars. And nobody knows. So why didn't he? Ah. These stone jars represented all those extra laws you had to do. The piles and piles and piles of tradition. How do you think it feels when God walks in the party and he's told by others to please God, he has to do all of these human traditions first. Now, I'm in a, I don't want to spin this off to be about me. I'm in a situation with my father. He, was, he had psychotic episodes, was taken to a mental hospital. We're trying to stabilize him. He has to move to a new facility when he gets out because the old facility cannot deal with this. And that's a struggle. As I posted about it, because I want to live my life out loud so people can learn from my mistakes and from my successes. Um, and also to be open. It's, it's harder to send when you're open. People, people know what you're doing and where you are. Uh, anyway, I, I got helpful messages and notes from people that said, now, I'm a, and they would tell me a certification they got after three months of study, and they would tell me what the brain was doing. I'm a neuroscientist. Took a little longer for me. <laughs> It's so hard to be nice and everything. Now, let me tell you, I have this diploma, so this is what's going to happen. And I'm going, I already know what's going to happen. I even know the whys and the wheres and the like. But I try to be very kind about this or the like. And I think, I think of Jesus, that's going to be a hundred times harder for him to say, listen, I'm God and I didn't say any of this. But there he is standing with the unclean water that is so important this was unclean no food could come near this and nobody could go back and wash again once you did it because this was considered unclean he says to the servants fill the jars with water and this is where everybody in the first couple of centuries would have gone what why this 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 is this does not make sense. Oh, yes, it does. It says they filled them to the brim. Now, when you fill a jar, do you fill it to the brim? Of course you don't. Why did they fill it to the brim? Was it tradition? It was not. Why did they fill it to the brim? I have, a, I have an idea. We often paint Mary as this sweet little white delicate girl. I don't know why she's white. And she's always in the same position. 
Or if she's praying, her hands like this, and she has the tilted head that photographers want you to do. Nobody goes around like, anyway. She's in this position, either holding the baby, Madonna, or the dying Jesus, La Pietta. But she's blue with a white headband. Am I not, am I not right? Always. Uh, a form of blue, royal blue, um, uh, sometimes, but usually a, a more of a lighter blue. And then she glows, like a dollar store nightlight. She just glows. And you go, oh. Mary lived her entire life being thought she was an adulteress. All of her life. Even her sons did not believe her story. Now think of that. When she went to shop in the market, there would have been people that would have turned their back. They would have muttered words. They would have spat on the ground. Or they would not have dealt with her all her life. Rather like the Samaritan woman, when she went for water, there would have been very few people who had been willing to go with her. We know that Martha and Mary, the other Mary, would have. We know that, that Lazarus would have, but most would not. She had a brutal life. And somewhere in there, Joseph leaves the story. And there are all kinds of ideas about this. But the best one is that he died. And think about that. If that's your best option, what a hard life this woman has had. She would have had calluses. She would have had bad teeth at this stage because that's the way it went. She would have had pains and arthritis. She, because if you have a 30-year-old son, you're old in that time. And she would have had lines on her face. Do you remember when Naomi came back in the book of Ruth? People looked at her face and said, what happened to you? And she said, God did this to me. Mary never said that, but God put her in that situation and she lived her entire life under it. And it's in my opinion, when he said, um, when she said, do whatever he tells you to do, she supervised the operation. And whenever they were filling, she glared at him until it was no more fillable. <laughs> it's the only explanation I can find to make sense in that story. Remember, this is meditation and study. We're not rushing through. Think about why is that wording? Why is Mary there and Jesus and the disciples are also invited? That's odd. Figure it out. Why are we talking about stone washing jars? And then he told them, verse 7, verse 8 rather, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. Okay. Um, you understand what he's asking them to do? Fill the bathtub. Go dip a cup. Take it. Give it to your employer, your caterers. That's your business. Give it to the guy that hired you. Would you have done it? I'll, I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't have. I would not have. In every Jesus story, there comes a point where I have to ask myself would I have done it. And most of the time is no. Would I have lined up 5,000 people when I've got enough for two sandwiches? No. I would have created a diversion. Oh, look, Elvis. You know, something. I don't know what... Uh, they probably had somebody like that. And, 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 and said, you know, everybody bow your head and pray, and then I run. I'm serious. Would you have done this? I don't know of a person I've met in my life that would do it, except maybe some toddlers, because they would have thought it was funny. I remember once invited back when I was single to a family's house, and I'm sitting there waiting for the lunch, 
and a, a, one of the wee kids comes up with a glass of water and, and, in a little plastic thing and hands it to me. He goes, you want a drink? I'm going, thank you. And they, they start trotting away, and I'm thinking, what water source can they reach? <laughs> this probably is not optimal. You know, you've, and she goes, you find a plant, you know, really? Okay, that's fascinating. Draw some out, and they did it. Well, I guarantee you the first one didn't. I guarantee you there was a discussion. And the master of the banquet, oh, it gets worse, tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. By the way, God didn't need to say that. I don't know why he did. He tasted the water. That indicates he doesn't know where it came from, Right? Every now and then I'll have a talk with God saying, if you, you could have left that sentence out. And to be honest, God, most of Second Chronicles. And you could have answered a few more of our questions. We all have questions, right? There could be a frequently asked questions section of scripture. Oh my goodness. And FAQ, I am in. But no, we ran out of ink. Why? Lamentations. Anyway, um... If you, if you can't talk like this, and if you think, oh, this isn't reverent, you haven't read a Jesus story. They're hilarious. They are. This is. He tasted it. And then he called the bridegroom aside. He did not tell the person, the head caterer, oh, this is brilliant. Instead it was, I'm going to need to talk to the groom. Oh, no. Back up the stuff. We got to get out of town. Change your names. And he said, everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you've saved the best till now. Okay. My brothers and my sisters. Back in America, they decided to fix things um, by making a law. Because that's always worked so well. And they put an amendment to the Constitution that said, no alcohol, except for religious services or medicinal uses. So many people got sick and, and got saved. But there was a big thing, any alcohol at all will turn you into an alcoholic. So a man decided to supply churches with grape juice so that we would not cause an alcoholic to fall. His name was Robert Welch. You perhaps have drunk some of his product because Welch's grape juice took off. And now, if we talk about putting wine in there, people go, <laughs> but let's look at the verse. Could this have been grape juice? Oh, there's an easy way to see. To see if your definition of something is correct, put it in the sentence in place of what is there. If it does not change the meaning of the sentence, you're correct. Shall we begin? He called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the best grape juice first, and then the cheaper grape juice when the guests have been graped. <laughs> People, there's no way you can play with this. This is wine. This is wine. Everybody knows that your tongue has a diminishing return. First bite of cake is better than the 15th bite of cake, but the 15th is still worth the effort. 
there's a diminishing, there's a diminishing thing. First sip of wine is going to be better than the 10th. The and if you're at the 40th, we need to talk. We need to talk. I'm not, the Bible's very, very strong and very firm, no drunkenness. But it doesn't say no alcohol. Jesus just made a lot. How many gallons did he just make? Somebody do the math. There's a bubble. Because John didn't want to do the math. Do you see it? How much did the water, how many, how much water? 20 to 30 gallons each. How many stone jars? So 120 to 180 gallons of wine. Right as the wedding was winding down. I got the feeling it perked up a bit. For a while. So, what was the point of all of this? Get the guests drunk? No, no, no. If it was to get the guests drunk, he would have filled up the wine jars and the wine bags. Why this? Because in verse 11, what Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. How did this show his glory? Because Jesus looked at all of the traditions and the burdens people put on people in the name of Jesus. And he, they're gone and he replaces it with joy. All of the regs are gone. Jesus says, love him, love each other, walk with God. And the traditions are gone. I was in a city recently when we were all gathered around um, ministers and other workers. And one man turned to me and he said, would you be offended if I ordered a beer? And I said, what beer? He said, Miller Lite. I said, yes. <laughs> I would be. We, 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 we could not be friends at all. Now, am I trying to encourage you to drink beer? No, no, especially not Miller Lite or Pabst, or any of those. If, if you can see through it, people, it's not beer. Um, the, <laughs> I'm trying not to get started. You're not helping uh, with, the, with the little chittering in the crowd. You're not helping. The, um, the point I'm trying to make is we have made the regulations. We brought them right back in. We did. Clapping? Seriously? <laughs> well, that's not clapping. It might offend somebody. Really? then they need to be taught rather than coddled. How about that? We need to sweep away the traditions because Jesus did. That's what shows his glory. In fact, later on, he'll even say, David ate the showbread of the temple. That was a capital offense. But Jesus said, no, it was fine. Why? Because he was hungry. Boom. The rules that we know are being swept away by Jesus. He gives us a different law. Love one another. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. And Jesus, as a Jew, would have said the Shema. Our God, you know, the uh, hero Israel, our God is one. He would have done all of that several times a day and meant it. That's the focus. Not on all these wee rules at all. We were last month on a ship, a cruise ship. We love cruises. Uh, 
I, I've done the math. It's cheaper to live in a, on a cruise ship than a nursing home. So when my time comes, I'm going there. I'm going to be in a walker. It's going to be motorized. I would suggest you get out of my way. Here's the thing. You walk among and you see everybody filling up their plates in the windjammer, which is what they always call in the Royal Caribbean, the big buffet thing that takes up half, the, half one floor deck. Don't judge what other people put on their plate. That's their plate. You take care of your plate. And in your life, don't judge what other people are putting on their plate in their life. It's not your job. Jesus will tell a story in a bit about throwing out a net. Whenever he brings the net back in, it is full of all kinds of creatures that live in the sea. And Jesus was using a term that indicated not just fish. Might have sea snakes. They're real. Look them up. Uh, it could be you know, crustaceans of some sort, which were unclean to them. And he says, whenever it's pulled on, you separate what you want from what you don't want. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like that. It brings in all kinds of people, and the angels will sort. You don't get to. The fish don't get to form committees. For example, if, if I was a fish, I would throw out the crappies because they don't spell their name correctly, and it's hilarious. They are not allowed in. I would have found other things. There's some fish that just don't look right. They just don't. They're out. But the fish don't get to form committees. Jesus is showing here the death of all those rules. A new sheriff is in town. How cool is that? It's not water to wine. You see what I mean? Can't be because of the way he did it. It's something else he did. Took it away. Do you remember the guy that buried the talent and didn't do anything with it? I present it to you whole and pristine. And Jesus was furious. Jesus never intended for us to find a method and lock it into stone and say, keep this pristine until Jesus comes back. No, put your faith at risk. Put it out there. See what happens. You'll lose some, you'll win some, but you don't, give, you don't walk to God uh, and walk into heaven without a few scars saying, well, that was tough. If you walk up there saying, I didn't do any fights, but I made sure I did the five acts of worship every Sunday. When did I tell you that's what I wanted? You see what I mean? All right. Last week, you wouldn't stop talking. Got any questions? Like the additions? It's a new story when you look at it right, isn't it? People ask me all the time, how do you do that? Because I read one story, and then I go back and read it again, and I wonder, why that word? Why did they choose that? How's that phrased? What was Jesus' face like when he said that? And then I imagine, all right, if it was stern, it would mean this. If it was a wry smile, it would mean that. So let me look and see, get clues, and you can do it. You can do this if you take time. My wife is a, a wonderful woman in every way. And one of the things that she gives me is time. To sit in a chair and look like I'm doing nothing. But I'm thinking. I'm moving it around. Your wife does the same for you, does she not, Dr. Lemons? Oh, you have a microphone. Great. Do you want to say something? Well, two or three things. Did you know that? Go back all the way. It's all right. 
talking about Mary. The Bible mm -hmm. tells us that in addition to the birth of Jesus, James, Judas, Joseph, and Simon, and sisters. So mm -hmm. she had at least six more children. Yes. And not only that, but another thing, at the time of the, of the Lord's Supper, the word ampelos is used in the Greek language that is of the grapevine, fermented or unfermented, mm -hmm. of the grapevine. And then the third thing, would you indulge me to do the Shema? <laughs> Please do the Shema. Shema Yisroel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. God in heaven has heard that over 3,000 years. Want to do it again? Shema Yisroel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Thank you. Those are holy words. It's a holy moment. Did you notice what is not in the Shema that was to be re repeated many times a day? A list of traditions and commands. The fact of the universe is all you state. There is a God, and I will follow him. What if you don't wash hands the way everybody else does? There is a God, I will follow him. What if your worship looks different? There is a God, I will follow him. That's it. Why complicate it and keep people out by the complication? I've had so many people that follow me online. I have some music up there. It's, it's amateur, but it's there. It's really there for my grandkids because I, I want them to see what they missed. <laughs> None of them seems interested. Anyway, uh, the, the point is, people will, I've had so many people say, oh, I hope you take your guitar and play music for your dad because that could really calm him. No. Dad wouldn't let us listen to the radio. We didn't own any music. We weren't allowed to have any instruments because dad... He thought all secular music was evil, and we were only to focus on acapella hymns. Anything else would put him in a rage. So I'm thinking, I'm not going to go down there and stand and sing acapella, because he kind of needs four-part harmony, too. We need an alto lead on a couple of them. You know, can't do it. It's, it's frustrating that tradition shut down my ability to calm my father. Isn't that awful? Anyway, yes, sir. Okay. Jesus is 30. So Ish, Mary, yeah. Mary's got to be 40 plus. She probably, in the 44 region, yeah. She's had how many more kids? At least seven. At least seven. Well, if Joseph's not in the picture, somebody. Well, the thought, the, there are two thoughts on that. He said, if Joseph's not in the picture, somebody is. Because uh, biology is biology, yes. Um, one is that they're all Josephs, and Joseph died, and that's not mentioned. The other is that Joseph, and the Catholics like to bring this one. Um, and I'm not saying, oh, the Catholics, you know, they're brothers and sisters. They, they say that when Mary married Joseph, he was older and widowed with these children already. We have no way of knowing. We have no way. But they, they say that to maintain her perpetual virginity, which is not taught in Scripture. So I always just kind of go, eh, that's an explanation, but it's not the only one.
And if there are various explanations, we need, we need to admit that so that we're good with it. Um, Patrick, scripture calls them. Okay, we got, we got two. We're going to go down here. Yes, sir. Oh, there's no sign that she's remarried. There's, uh, it, she seems to be treated as a single mother at this stage. So it, either she's widowed and she's still taking care of his kids. In fact, his kids are the ones who came to take control of him, which would indicate, or the kids, which would indicate Mary is looked upon as a single mother. And as a single mother, you're not in charge of your household if your son is of age. And so these other sons are coming to take control of Jesus and he stops them. I would not call it the most logical. I would say it is equally logical to call them brothers or half-brothers because we have two completely acceptable explanations for where, for where they are. The yes. The text is really interesting, calling it his brothers and sisters. It does that. It does, and I've heard that argument, and I think it's, it's a good one. I don't think it settles it because of the way we look upon adopted and, and stepbrothers and such as our family. But it does say, instead of Mary's, it says his brothers. And so if I, and please, 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 I have no special insights. But if I were putting money on it, I would put money that most of them were Mary's children. Because the phrasing seems to flow a little easier that way. Uh, no, Joseph brought those children in from a previous marriage is what we're saying. Uh, and, then, and he was older. And that's the tradition is that he was older. Please remember back then, uh, being in your 30s was being old. Yes. Excellent question. He says, if these children were brought into the marriage by Joseph, then Jesus would have been the youngest. Not necessarily. If the, let's say the girls were brought into the marriage, but then the sons were born of Mary, Jesus is still the, the eldest son, therefore he's in charge. And then the, the excellent question was asked, is it biblical to look at Jesus as the oldest son? It's not explicit. But there seems to be enough evidence that they needed to control him because they feared if he went off, the family did. So, again, if I had to put money, I would say he's the oldest son. See, I'm, I'm the only son of my parents. And I've had power of attorney over them for 20 years. Not medical, full power. I've thought about pulling that out a few times. <laughs> I, I didn't. But now it's very handy because I can step in and I make the decisions for my mother and father. Always out of love. And to protect my mom mostly. But here's the thing. In Israel, that would have been automatic as soon as the oldest son is of age and the father is gone. You had to wait for the father to be gone. Uh, do you remember one man said, I will follow you, but first let me bury my father? That doesn't mean the father was dead. It means once he is gone as a man, I will follow you. I'm sorry, you had something a while ago. Oh, no. Uh, it's just that in the step situation, there okay. was really a problem with those, at least his brothers, in accepting him 
And not only that, but I believe that James is the one who took the position as the head spokesman for the apostles after James' brother John died. And I believe that Jude wrote the book of Jude. I do, yeah. Um, there's, there are arguments about who wrote James and Jude. I think James, the brother of Jesus, wrote James. I think Jude wrote Jude. I think it just fits better in history. But it took a long time for them to embrace him. Oh, it did. And when they did, when James finally embraced Christ as the Christ, it was after the resurrection. It had such an impact on him. Please note, I did not say it impacted him. Quit using nouns as verbs. You go to lunch, you don't lunch. It's annoying. It's our language. We get to make the rules. Anyway, um, it had a great impact on him to the point where his nickname was Camel Knees because he prayed so much on his knees, he had calluses on his knees like a camel. When he realized all of his life what he had, how he had treated Jesus and who Jesus was, and I would go further, how he had treated his mother. In fact, on the cross, who does Jesus give assignment to care for his mother? Not one of his brothers, but John. That's how estranged they were from their mom. Now that, and I bet that hurt them. We, you see all these things we never talk about? How, how much deeper does that make this story and the stories of Jesus when you realize all of this is going on? And in fact, in the book of John, you're going to find a couple times where they will look at Jesus and say, we know who our father is. And now you know what they were saying to him, what they were calling him. Mm. Mm. Anyway, after this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers, and his, and, see his, and his disciples, and there they stayed for a few days. When it, I'll get started here. We've got to quit in five minutes. When it was almost time for Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords, drove, out all the temp from, drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. Let's, um, let's take a look at this. Uh, I've, I've seen it on, on memes on the, on the web before. You need to remember that the answer to what would Jesus do is sometimes make a whip and go clean house. We do tend to make Jesus into this nice little sweet guy that never offends anybody. Jesus offended everybody. You cannot call Jesus a Democrat or Republican, a Libertarian, a Socialist or a Capitalist. He will offend all of the people, all of them. And so, why, what is so offensive here? When you came into Passover, you had to sacrifice a pristine animal. There could be no mark or defect in them. Well, that, that made it difficult because some of the people were traveling for weeks to get to Jerusalem and bringing an animal and keeping it pristine was difficult. In fact, you would hear on the road constantly from fathers to the children, watch the lamb, watch the lamb. And, Jesus, and John the Baptist would use that to point to Jesus and said, behold the lamb. While at that time, all of this group is going to Jerusalem with animals. Now, what if you got there and the animal was not pristine? Well, you still had to sacrifice one. Oh, look, we have some. 
But you can't buy it with your money. You have to buy it with temple money. And they would exchange it, cheating them in the rate. It's rather like, have you ever gone overseas? Or even as in an American airport ready to go overseas, there will be a currency change counter. Don't go there. Because you will lose a lot of money because they got you. Instead, get a little bit of money from your bank before you go and then use your credit cards overseas. They're safer. Or use your, um, you know, get a bunch of money from your bank. But carry it around and best of luck to you. But my point being, we know if we look at the currency exchange and we have to go there, it's an emergency and we're losing money. You know, a pound, a British pound, I haven't looked for a while. Uh, last I looked, it was about $1.45, but they'll exchange it as if it cost $2. That's what was going on. Jews were cheating Jews to get to allow them to church to sacrifice the right animal. Uh, no. Is Jesus against buying and selling? Of course he isn't. He, he does that in Scripture. His apostles certainly do. He tells them, go buy food. He's against any barrier placed between you and God. Remember the traditions with the stone jars? This is another barrier. So I'm going to answer some real quick ones, and then I'm going to hand it over to Dr. Lemons. We're, we've only got a couple minutes. I'm trying to be fair with all of you. Jesus was not, did not lose his temper. He made a whip. That takes a while. This was deliberate. There is no indication he hit a person. He drove out the sheep and cattle. You can get them later. He overturns the tables. You can, he didn't take the coins. You can pick up your coins later. He told those with the birds, get your birds and take them out. He, why didn't he overturn those? Because when birds are gone, they're gone. He never lost his temper. He knew exactly what he was doing. So don't turn this into something it isn't. All right? There's a lot to it that we'll get to the next week, but close us out. On that very matter, Mark's account says that he came into the city late in the afternoon and he observed what was happening at the temple and he goes back to what I call the Holiday Inn of that part, Mary and Martha's house. He spent yes. the night there. And the next day he goes back and absolutely decimates that place. But he said that he asked the father what to do and not only did he tell him what to say, but also what to do and how to do it. Exactly. John 12, 49, and 50. This was a, so God, interesting. a God-directed surgical strike, really, because uh, it harmed none, no one. And next week, we're going to talk about what, how the response was to this, all right? Hope you live with the stories, have a look at the stories, see what the stories tell you when you spend time asking why and looking at them. God bless. Somewhere else, go away.